your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Round two for me, 608 785 7914 is the talking text line. UW Lacrosse, political science professor Anthony Chagoski, PhD, is in Happy here with Friday, me. Happy Friday, Rick. Do you, uh, summer off? Are you do? Is, is it summer, well, uh, hot, hot boy it, summer for you right it's now? It's a little, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a little complicated because I have a now three month plus old. She's three months and a week at this point. And it was a tough week, I would say. I might say something. Weird. Uh, I might not know what the heck is flying out of my mouth during this show. Oh, good, because I did Hayes' show this morning, yeah. so we're both like on, on no sleep. Is that what you're exactly, doing? Exactly, because my wife worked super early every day this morning. And normally, back in the weird just the two of us days, I would sleep through blissfully mm-hmm. while she would get up early for work uh, because – there are times when she does work really early and such so sleep through it. But when you've got a tiny human to take care of, well, then if mommy's leaving for work early, then daddy's got to get up and make sure baby's okay while mommy's gone or mommy's leaving. <laughs> so now mommy's hours are my hours. Yeah. Um, I was thinking like maybe like orientation for UWL might be starting up pretty quick. Oh too. yeah, that's going to be coming up real soon. Just a couple weeks from now, we've got people moving in. We've got new student orientation. Hey, I've heard some things through the grapevine, some exciting details about our incoming class of first year students. Are you going to uh, break some news? Uh, I'm not going to break some news. I'm going to leave that to the people above my pay grade. Have you run around the new track yet? I have not. Because that I believe that is done too, right? The you know? the field house. The field, yeah, the indoor track. The indoor track. Yes, that's looking really cool. That building. I'm really excited to check out that building right by Emerson Elementary. And, and only check it out, not use it in any and way, not shape, use or it form. At all. Yeah, that's what I said the first time that I toured the rec center as a new faculty when we were kind of new hires at uw lacrosse they took all of the new hires through the rec center talking about all of the programs that they have for new faculty and then none of us use it and it's all just really in shape college yeah. students who are there all the time yeah. and hey, you could out of that. shape faculty members you could use it uh number three is calling in number three go ahead you're on with uh Chirgoski. 80 percent chance of rain tomorrow Oh, you doing the weather? It's uh, way past the sixes, number three. Anyway, good job today. But you two dudes, don't forget you got a cooking show to do Thursday for Mike Hayes. I mean, ma'am, I feel like the last two Fridays in here, we did a food show. We did uh, the state fair foods two weeks ago, and we did, what did we do last week? I feel like it was quite a bit of food. Yeah, we did something related to food this week. We've got a food well, topic this week. Well, you can do it Thursday because it's cooking show Thursday. This and crossed my mind. And a lot of old mind. ladies and men like to listen to it. So <laughs> maybe you could practice making wiener water soup or something like that. Speaking of speaking of cooking, is it Friday night fish fry for you or where are you headed? Yeah, I'm heading for Hooten's tonight. Hooten's. Okay, where's that? I don't know what, what that is. Jackson Street. 
Jackson Hootens on Jackson. Can we Street. just get yeah. the guy from Hootens for your show on? Thursday? We'll just yeah, ask Hootens uh, Cooley Region Thursday. Can you no. make an interview request while <laughs> you're there, number three? And then I am going to check out the county jail. I hear they got some good food down there too, because it seems like there's a lot of people down there. Oh, good. Okay, sounds all right. Carry on. All right, that's number three. Uh, he he was supposed to pick me up this morning, get me, take me to the Hayes show, get me coffee. He never showed. Number three was going to show furry. Yeah, he, wife gave him some extra coffee money and everything. Wow. So, um, I wanted to bring up this New York Times story. A large object landed on his sheep farm. It came from space, um, but I've burned my one per month New York Times oh, you story thing, count. or I got to sign in or something. Yeah. Um, I, I spent, I sent this, the Spencer Halsey at U, the UWL. Uh, sure. We'll just call her this. What does she call her? Like science outreach. She calls her Pluto. No, I forget who, what uh, her funny nickname is, but uh, she goes, yeah, Rick, the object from space actually came from earth, went to space and then came back to earth. So she's kind of making fun of oh. the, the object. And then I was like, well, earth is actually an object from space. Oh yeah. So I was going deep thought. On yeah. It. Uh, 608-785-7914. Okay. So in terms of politics, cause obviously the primary is, is coming up Tuesday. The yes. primary voting period is ending Tuesday. Do you have any inclination because all people want are predictions at this point, right? Yes. So like when you're doing the interviews on NPR and yes. where, where else? Are you? AP interviewed you too, I right? I did Associated Press, NPR, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It's been a busy week. No wonder you're tired. I, I am tired. Yeah. Um, is that what? What? What is the? What? what does everybody just want predictions, or do, like what else would there be? I think they're interested in the role that Trump's endorsement is going to play for Tim Michaels in the Republican race for governor, because we had Mike Pence come on Wednesday to Wisconsin to stump for Rebecca Clayfish. It's five. It's five fifteen right now. Is Trump? Is he? He's doing a rally in Milwaukee Waukesha. or Waukesha. Yeah. Is what is is that happening right now? I think it's getting probably underway. At, at and six. Derek Van Orden, the Republican candidate for Congress in this district, is actually at that rally. One of the speakers slated on the agenda. Plus, you have the now Trump endorsed primary election challenger to Speaker Robin Vox. That that is the most the funniest part. Um. Do you think the term radical left will be used at any point during the rally? Uh, I if you're would, playing, I would not advise doing a drinking game based on the term radical left. Every or you time might you hear die. radical left, you might die. take a shot. Yeah, you uh, might die. And then um, don't drive. Definitely no, do don't not drive. drive. All right, we got to take a break. We'll we'll get into that. We'll get into some the the, the crackle cracker barrel controversy big controversy big controversy there and so it's going to be another food show we're going to have to bring the ceo of cracker barrel on for coolie region cooks on thursday we'll be back do a little bit sure. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here you to be lacrosse political science professor dr anthony chagoski in here with me i'll just throw the doctor in front of um talking a little bit about like what do you have any, like, I'm just going to do prediction radio right now as the Tuesday sure. primary period ends. And you can just, let's just do real, like, you don't, no anal- analysis. Do you have a prediction? Third congressional U.S. House seat. Can you, are you okay with making predictions? I should have asked you. So before. with that particular race, I have 
no knowledge of any public polling that has been conducted. I've heard some things. I don't know if I'm permitted to share those things. You're not privy to those. I, 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 I'm not aware of public information that would be relevant in making a prediction. I mean, obviously we know the candidates. Well, tell me, tell me off the air. Yeah. And then when I write it up later, I'll go unnamed source to the situation. And then also (laughs) then I'll, then I'll add the podcast link to the show. <laughs> then we'll make it completely obvious. <laughs> An unnamed source. And also I've uh, added this podcast from Lacrosse Talk PM on Friday with UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski. Um, so is that one just too hard to predict at this point? It's extremely hard to predict, Rick, for a couple reasons. First, four candidates in the race. Really hard to make a prediction there. Four legit candidates in the race. There's not like one joke candidate. They're all serious candidates who are running active campaigns. That makes it more difficult. It's extremely difficult to do accurate public opinion polling on a congressional district, especially when you're not even talking about the November election. You're talking about a primary election. That's a really small segment of voters out of the overall population in the district. Yeah, and it's a primary, right? Like the primary muddles this up because – I was going to say like that it that what happened in Kansas yeah in and that was a statewide election it was it is in uh, any indication but that's that's so the scope of that versus you know our third congressional district as big as it is it's just in a primary it's, there's no comparing I think the Kansas abortion constitutional amendment it went down or was defeated, or I don't really know the terminology, but the anti-abortion side lost. Big and time. It, big like, time. Big it was time. 59% to 41% in favor of the pro-choice side versus the anti-abortion side. Mm-hmm. And what that has done is not really give us any clues about the Wisconsin primary election. What it does is it tells us possible strategies that the Democratic Party is going to use in the general election once the primaries are over. Or the Republican Party, right? They could start walking back some of this stuff, even though they're kind of in it, right? They're in it. That's the thing about having a late primary, Rick. We're having a late primary election here in Wisconsin, late in the game compared to other states. And Rebecca Clayfish and Tim Michaels have taken really strong stances on abortion in terms of not having exceptions where people can get abortion. And the Kansas result indicates that the Democrats are going to be more than eager to raise this issue in the November election, make it a big theme, regardless of who wins the Republican nomination, Michaels or Clayfish. Yeah, and those two will probably try to avoid that conversation at this point, right? I think so. And In terms of predictions there, it's also really difficult to make a prediction. The one public poll that we had was a one-point difference between the two, 27% to 26%. With a 4% margin of error, I'm sure. Exactly. And and Tim Michaels' campaign was going around bragging, hey, we did a poll ourselves, and it had us up Mm -hmm. by nine. And you never know how accurate those are if those are cherry-picked numbers. What's so funny is in the Senate race when Sarah Gadluski was running – who else dropped out? Alex Lazary, yeah, uh, Tom, Tom Nelson. Tom Nelson. Yeah. And then I'm just thinking of some of the people that I've seen, all their Facebook posts are like, we poll better than Ron Johnson. I was like, it's amazing how every one of you beats Ron Johnson. It seems like Ron Johnson has no chance if you, you look at not Ron Johnson stuff, but the candidates against him. Um, we got a couple of phone calls here. I believe this is, is this Jim? 
Yes, it is. Hey, Jim, you're on the air with uh, UW hey, Cross political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski. Go ahead. I don't know why I did your whole couple title. Couple questions. Yeah. A couple talk. questions. First of all, I'm, I'm just real curious, you guys, where you get where you get information. I just wanted, uh, Rick Beans, you work for WIZM. Do you guys ever listen to uh, Glenn Beck program or Dan Bongino? That's my first question. Yeah, you I was ever listening to Bongino in the car yesterday. He, he blocks me okay. on Twitter. Here's how graceful, how, here's how much grace I have. He blocks me on Twitter, and I'm still listening to his show. Like, look at <laughs> that. Look must at be me. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt yeah. kind of bitter listening to him. I, Not because I hate him or anything. I just want to be yeah. blocked by him. I only listen to Coast to yeah. Coast AM. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay, next question. Um, be, during uh, COVID-19, uh, we, a lot of us believed that there were certain election laws that were violated or not followed or, or changed. Um, and um, we're feeling, some of us are feeling like this latest monkeypox proclamation and na- national health emergency or whatever. If that, we could go the same route with when we change the election uh, as far as pe- the way people can vote. Yeah, Jim. So when it comes to COVID-19, that's, you know, it it was the case that we were in a really difficult situation, especially with that spring election right in the heart of the pandemic, where there were cases all over the place and we didn't have vaccines. We didn't know a lot about how the virus spread. There was just so many mysteries surrounding COVID-19 at that point in the spring election and, you know, had to go through with it in some ways that some say, broke the law. Others say, hey, we were just being pragmatic and working within the law to try to make this election work under unprecedented and impossible circumstances. Now, one thing that Michael Gableman and his investigation, the former Supreme Court justice here in Wisconsin, by the way, Rick, the tab is now over 1.2 million. Oh, we hit 1.2 million for the Gableman investigation into the Wisconsin Wisconsin, 2020 election. All you Wisconsin people, 1.2 million for the uh, 2020 investigation. Still ongoing, but on hold since May because of lawsuits. Still ongoing, and according to wizpolitics.com, we're heading towards 1.3. Should be at 1.3 pretty soon. Taxpayer money, baby. So the Gableman investigation keyed in on these nursing homes because – Elections officials weren't allowed into nursing homes for rather obvious reasons from a public health standpoint. You don't want a lot of people going in and out of a nursing home because the people there are extremely vulnerable to COVID-19. But how do you also let them exercise their right to vote, these people in nursing homes? So that has led to some controversy. It's been a key point in this investigation. I don't know how many people that adds up to, but there were a number of ways that we had to get creative to make this work. The most obvious, perhaps, really leaning into mail-in voting as a primary way to vote in elections. And I think we are going back to more of that in-person style of voting. But for sure, during the COVID-19 pandemic, elections changed. Some say, hey, that went outside of the law a little bit. Others say, no, 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 we were just dealing with really difficult circumstances, had to be creative within the laws that we have. Well, the, monkey, I, the monkey pox, I don't really know what that is. I, I think it's quite different than COVID-19. 8.20 a.m. Wednesday oh. on Lacrosse Talk, Aaron Morkum from Mayo, and we can talk all about what monkeypox is. Tune in. Tune, Tune in. in. So monkeypox also isn't, isn't transferred the same way COVID is. Yeah. It's not as 
um, yeah. contagious and it's contagious COVID's in different ways. It's a respiratory ways. thing, right? Yeah. It's just the air droplets. It's people yeah. breathing around each other. Let's just stop right there because neither of us know anything about monkeypox. And- oh, wait, you said I'm a doctor. Oh, that's right. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Eric from Sparta is calling in. Eric, go ahead. You're on with Chagoski. Dr. Chagoski. Eric. Eric. So this is what happens. Eric hangs up. Well, we'll go to we'll go to Andy. Andy, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. I just kind of wanted to comment back to that last caller and all the other people who are calling fake election news. I just want to say one no one ever would believe this, but the U.S. has the highest tax compliancy rate out of any first world country. I believe at 86 to 88 percent. And the IRS only convicts or only audits, I think, one half of one percent, meaning most people just pay their taxes. Most people just vote. People, we don't have a long election history of a lot of fraud here. I don't understand why people... Just because their guy lost, everyone needs to start claiming fraud, and it feels like it's just it's just always heading that way. And from all the statistical tools that we that have been used, so, you know, I, I know there was like Benford's analysis was used at a county to county level. I think even here in Wisconsin, and it showed that there was no basically fraudulent interference from human from from humans into the election. I just I wish that there was like like what is it going to take. What is it going to take for people to finally get that confidence back into our, our election system and a lot of the other systems that keep society going? I'll just do the argument. There was no election fraud that we caught. They're Ooh. so good at it. We didn't catch those people. The trunk the trunk full of Biden votes. We didn't catch them. Yeah. They got away with it. Hey, you know, a couple cases popped up here in La Crosse at the UPS store. People registered at the UPS store 15. had that for the 15 had their address not appropriate for a voter registration. That's 15 out of what was the margin, Rick? Like 20 some thousand. I've, I've, oh, the, the, uh, the margin. Yeah. yeah 21,000, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a drop in the bucket. These actual verified cases. Also, those fraud. 15 people are like. You know, we all hate those people because they just live in Arizona. They weren't here in the winter. They, (laughs) oh, you jerks have two houses. And when Wisconsin winter comes, you get to move to Arizona and use your P.O. Box address. And it's not a P.O. Box. It's a UPS, quote unquote, P.O. Box address. Rick, to pivot back real quick to the Wisconsin race for governor, Tim Michaels has been very, I'm just going to say, artful in talking about the 2020 election. He has not come out. And said that the election was stolen. Now, remember, Tim Michaels is endorsed by Donald Trump. Donald Trump would very much like to have Tim Michaels run on the platform that the 2020 election was stolen. Tim Michaels knows because, I mean, he's a smart guy. Dude's got to win a statewide election. He's a smart politician who has to win a statewide election. He can't go about shouting that the 2020 election was stolen. That's not going to win him a statewide election. It's going to win him the favor of Donald Trump, but that's very different than winning a statewide election. Well, unless Donald Trump can, you know, get his mitts into the ballot box like he did in, in you know, like he was trying to do in Georgia, just find me 11,000 votes. Tim Michaels, I have been so fascinated to watch this guy because he has just burst on the scene 12 million bucks at least of his own money Making that he has rain. spent making it rain big time. You can't turn on the TV without seeing his commercials, but he hasn't gone there 
when using Trump-style rhetoric about the 2020 campaign. Now, he is being very clever in how he talks about it by saying, well, it's just horrible that people have these questions about the 2020 campaign. Well, yeah, questions because of the rhetoric of political leaders. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, these questions didn't come out of nowhere. The questions come out of a long effort to undermine confidence in the 2020 election. So, Tim Michaels, of course, there are always ways that we can improve election administration in Wisconsin. And we need a serious adult conversation about improving our elections because the caller before made a reasonable point. There's so much we can learn from the COVID-19 pandemic about how to make elections work. We haven't had that adult conversation because we've been off in sort of this other land of Gableman investigation and Donald Trump saying what he's saying and all this other stuff that is just really distracting from a serious policy oriented conversation about how to make elections work really well in Wisconsin. The lessons learned from the pandemic. You know what serious policy oriented conversations don't do? They don't make it very interesting for wisdom <laughs> lacrosse talk PM. They don't make it very interesting for when Donald Trump takes the stage tonight in Waukesha County. Let's talk about election what are integrity, you know, like that's, you know, it's not interesting, right? Well, like, when I was listening to Bongino to go back to the earlier caller, Bongino said all liberals are liars and most Republicans are liars, too. Oh, fair enough. All right. We got to take a break. <laughs> all right. Welcome back. Across Talk PM 608-785-7914 if you want to get in here couple of people waiting on hold, but UW lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski is in here with me where Tregoski is, what are you, what, are you checking out like the live tweets of the Trump rally right now? Is that yeah, what's going on? Yeah, the Trump on? rally in Waukesha is going on right now. Derek Van Orden, the Republican candidate in the congressional district right here, the third district out in Western Wisconsin was one of the speakers. I would note though that uh, Waukesha is not in this district, so he's obviously appealing for Why? broader statewide support and trying to get supporters that may not be from his district but could still donate money or what's, whatever. What's the strategy with having? Because Pence held a rally at the same area. Yeah. What's the strategy? It wasn't a rally. It was a I don't know what it was like a sit down. What's the strategy with going to Waukesha County, which is very Republican, versus going? Maybe lacrosse, sure. which we, where you, you, Derek Van, right? We talk about how important this House district yep. race is, or just somewhere that's more middle or Democratic, where oh, Trump's here for me. It's, a, I, it's a great question, Rick. And the reason is Tim Michaels needs to do well in these Milwaukee suburbs in order to defeat Rebecca Clayfish for the Republican nomination for governor. Walker and Clayfish were extremely popular in those conservative Milwaukee suburbs. Oh, yeah. We're in a primary. That's right. We're yeah. trying to get the Republican votes. Yeah, right now. well, but it's all about like which Republican votes are you chasing? Yeah. And Michaels probably knows that Donald Trump is extraordinarily popular in rural Wisconsin. But Donald Trump was not as popular in these long-standing Republican strongholds like these more affluent suburbs, particularly the counties of Waukesha and, and other counties in the Milwaukee area. So he's probably trying to just you know, in, improve his public image in these conservative areas where people might actually be a little turned off by his 
endorsement from Trump. Now, of course, having Trump doing a rally for him in these areas is a little odd, but it's an interesting approach. I well, mean, you're definitely not going to turn down Donald Trump holding you're not a rally for turn you. Down Donald, but, but, you know, we know that Donald Trump is strongest in rural Wisconsin. We know that conservative suburbs are largely Republican, but did go to the Democrats a little bit during the Trump years because they were turned off a little bit by Trump. It's a really interesting process that's playing out in the Republican Party where they try to figure out, like, who is their base and where is their base? Is their base still in the Milwaukee suburbs or is it more spread out around rural Wisconsin? Donald Trump should say he's holding a rally there for Mandela Barnes. <laughs> And then tell all the Republican people to go grab a Democratic ballot and vote for not Mandela Barnes. There you right? go. Like, or something like it's that. Mischief. At what point do do our politics turn into that where we're where we're sabotaging the other party's ballots? Remember, I brought this up when when we had the primary for my special election in my House district. I thought, Chagoski, I'm going to grab a Republican ballot and vote for what was Hagedorn's wife's name? Oh, I I know who you're talking about. Uh, Jennifer Carnahan, yeah, because she because for for my show, she had these weird scandals. Well, she and, was on the Facebook page of what yeah. the American race or whatever, what the great what, what, survivor. Survivor. She was, she was really upset that the show Survivor had turned her down as a contestant, and she's running in my district for the U.S. House of Representatives, <laughs> and purely for show content, I was like, you know, I'm gonna vote for her instead of voting for a Democratic candidate because I knew the CEO was going to win my so I was like I'm going to vote for her because that'll be way more interesting show fodder uh selfishly even though like maybe I should, like it's it's essentially sabotaging the battle. A reporter did ask me that question like would Democrats try to vote in the Republican primary now that the Democratic Senate primary is resolved Mandela's the guy. Well what about okay so like this would be all the Democrats need to grab a Republican ballot come Tuesday and vote for Tim Ramthan. That, right, that would be that would be some mischief, right? And and yeah. because that he's the unknown, he's the he's the rightest right Republican running in the governor's race. He definitely does not have twelve million dollars to burn on this campaign like Tim Michaels has, and then somebody. <laughs> hey, the we way. never talk about Alex Lazary burned twelve million dollars. Alex well, Lazary, right? Alex Lazary, and Tim Michaels. There are definitely some parallels there. They both have spent, let's just say, considerable time on the East Coast, away from Wisconsin, and so the question might be from their political opponents well how much how wisconsin-y are you the irony is tim michaels is kind of spending wisconsin taxpayer money in that 12 million because of the foxconn deal there is if you want to like go wiggle through all the the paperwork tim michaels a lot of his money he made through his company was through foxconn that's a big difference between lassery and michaels because michaels has made a lot of money his company has made a lot of money with these government contracts with road building infrastructure projects that are funded by the state of Wisconsin. In addition, Michaels has also been a prolific, let's just say generous donor in terms of campaign contributions to Republicans in the state, including the person he's running against right now, Rebecca Playfish. So uh, Tim Michaels, very active in the Wisconsin political scene for a long time. Uh, So, going to be interesting to see how it plays out, Rick. I mean, I think it's going to be close because Tim Michaels is now running negative ads against Rebecca Clayfish. After he said that's a losing strategy. He said that running negative ads is what losing candidates do. Guess what is happening now? 
Michaels has a negative ad attacking Rebecca Clayfish. Do you think he just listened to the ads for a while that Rebecca Clayfish and he's like, okay, well, apparently we're going there and I need to do that. I I have to add this to Alex Lazary also spending taxpayer money in a way because his dad owns the the Milwaukee Bucks and the Pfizer Forum, $300 million uh, Milwaukee Bucks, not stadium. It's not a stadium. It's arena uh, paid for, you know, with taxpayer money. Let's just say that rich people often take advantage of government <laughs> projects and spending all right uh kent's calling in kent go ahead you're on uh, thanks for waiting go ahead you're on the air hey you guys how you doing doc hey kent doing well how's it going today by the burger king yeah i'm getting kicked out of there pretty you quick are, but i'm moving over to the north side shop oh, it's still abandoned so that's good i'm good but how's you can- your little girl doing doc She's doing well, Kent. She is just uh, making me wake up early when my wife leaves for work. But she is now 14 weeks old, and she is almost laughing. How many diapers a day? Oh, like how many diapers per hour like she is every uh, hour i know pretty much every hour uh, she is almost laughing though and what i do is i tickle her feet to see if she's going to start laughing and she smiles and she kind of makes a goo 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 kind of noise it's almost a laugh and yeah. i feel like in yeah. a couple of weeks i'll have some audio of her laughing for the show that's cool that you got to bring that on the show but hey anyway uh you know, as far as these elections go, you know, I think I got a, a good deal. You know, after the primaries, let's say we got Clayfish and Michaels. Before the primaries. And they're running, they're running against each other. So I'll say we're going to have them, like, race go-karts at the Lacrosse Interstate Speedway or, or golf carts against each other. Identical golf carts. Give them some unlethal weapons like a pumpkin pie, a banana cream pie. They can throw at each other. And whoever wins... The race wins the governorship or whatever. We, then we get rid of all the lobbyists. We get rid of all the middle people, the negative ads. I mean, we could still run this negative ads. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm. Could we add a mini golf element to this? Well, I don't understand. Why wouldn't we have Tony Evers in this race? Well, I don't know. I mean, that would be the primary. Would be those two, but the, the next. Well, the, the go karts are the primary election, and the mini golf is the. Well, general we get election. rid of the primaries. We put all three in the race, and then we don't have two elections. We have one, and Tony Evers just runs with the these three. That would yeah, be unfair just, because we would need more Democratic candidates. Because two Republicans versus one Democrat, they would they would take Tony out. Yeah, they would take Tony out with you know one of them would use the cream pie. Also, if we're doing this and it's actually happened. The Tony Evers would use this as a way to promote the Wisconsin State Fair, and he would only use State Fair foods to throw at Clayfish uh, yeah. and Michaels in this yep. race. Um, Eric from Sparta's on. Eric, go ahead. You're on with Jagoski. Oh, yes. I had a couple. I'm sorry I pressed the wrong button last time I called. Okay. But anyway, the goblins of uh, political correctness, wokeness, are going to descend on lacrosse when they come f- come to this uh, referendum for the a fifth of a billion dollars school on the training site. And if the opera funds runs out, who is going to end up paying for this monstrosity when the opera funds runs out? Can you get any, any answers for that at all, please? Okay, we're not paying for the uh, school. The school referendum isn't ARPA funded, so it's literally asking taxpayer to pay for it. So, right. Um, texter Sam texted and he said, do the raspberries. Instead of oh, yeah. You know, I've also tried that as a tactic to get someone to laugh, uh, namely my daughter. 
and uh, the that that also isn't working. You kind of insinuated that was you were trying to get me to laugh by doing. You the know, I, I do you want me to? What do if that you on? shook your baby like? Well, that, oh, get her no, 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 no. Now the 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 doing the raspberries on the baby's tummy. That's a surefire way to get some laughter. So that's how I know she can't laugh yet because she'd be cracking up if I did that. Speaking of cracking up, we got to get to the Cracker Barrel news before we end the show. The show, we got quite a bit of time. We got one more break. Also, um, Kevin texted in and he said, didn't the 2016 election have claims of Russian interference? Did we prove that at all? Um, I'm not sure. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. We're going to wrap up. We got about... Six, seven minutes here before uh, the weekend, right? The weekend. Yeah. Um, okay, so you got to break down this Crackleberry story. I have to, and then while you're doing that, I'll vet the uh, the text here. But also, um, you're you're watching live tweets of the Trump rally. And then did you get any other Friday news dump notifications? Like- uh, no, no Friday news dump notifications. We've gone through the speaker series up to Donald Trump in the Waukesha rally. The first speaker was Adam Steen, who is running against Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, the most powerful Republican in the state legislature. He referred to Robin Voss as treasonous, a treasonous traitor. Okay, I brought. I floated this idea to you because Wisconsin's a gerrymandered state, so all the Republicans, yes, all the Republican, all the Democratic votes are pushed into one area, and Correct. we're going to give that position. Eh, we'll let Ron Kind have it, so to speak. And all the Republican voters are pushed into another district. Robin Correct. Voss is in. I believe would Robin Voss be in one of those districts? That's very absolutely the only threat that Robin Voss faces, much like almost all other state legislators in Wisconsin is from their own party because our districts in Wisconsin are so uncompetitive. Only one party pretty much controls the vast majority of the districts. So Robin Voss only faces a threat from other Republicans. Turns out President Trump has endorsed Adam Steen, the challenger to Robin Voss in next Tuesday's primary election. Do people care about this? Because the gerrymandering creates a problem where the the right wing goes more right yep. and the left wing goes more left yep. to get the votes when it's Maryland's gerrymander for Democrats, Illinois' gerrymander for Democrats. Yep. Uh, do people have a problem with that? Because, you know, some people that are, you know, everyone likes everyone's down the middle. Everyone's independent. Only certain people are Democrat or I, I feel like this is the only time where some Republicans would have a problem with that because Robin Voss is going to go, shoot, I'm not right wing enough now for my gerrymandered district. Exactly. It means that you have to play to the voters in the primary election. Who are the voters in the primary election? The people who are most devoted to the political party. It's a very different audience in the November general election where it's more down the middle people, more people who are not so extreme, people who are more moderate. Yeah, because those people are also going to show up to a primary. They could. The, the, The rest of the people... Are just you know a lot of people stay home during this this section of voting. Right, yeah, right yeah. Right I mean, Rick, we're going to see substantially higher voter turnout in November compared to next Tuesday's primary election. It's think, not even going to be close. Do you think we'll see a substantial boost in Robin Voss's district voting for this primary? Strictly about what's happening tonight, we will because there are quite a few competitive primaries 
or at least races with competition on the Republican side, mainly surrounding the issue of the 2020 election. Adam Steen, the challenger to Robin Voss, says that the 2020 election was stolen and that we need to take back the electoral votes. Everyone in Robin Voss's team, his lawyers, lots of constitutional experts have said, no, you can't just take back the election results. But that has not really sunk in, I guess, with Adam Steen, his challenger. And so they're running basically a single-issue campaign. Saying Robin Voss isn't talking about how the election was stolen. Robin Voss is just uh, not going where Donald Trump wants him to go in this type of rhetoric. And that's crazy because Robin Voss is as conservative he as they come. He's really conservative on so many issues. But on this particular issue, he has crossed Donald Trump's line is and the, not said the election was stolen. This is the Republicans' Roe v. Wade. It's the it you know you're either with Donald Trump all the way, like all the way, or you're not with him. It's the one election. It's the one thing in a, that people are going to turn up to vote for. Apparently, yeah. I don't know if that. I don't know if that is. I feel like yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. But we're in such a politicized world. We got a couple <laughs> a minute and a half here. People are mad about Cracker Barrel yeah. for having meatless sausage. Yeah. This is uh this is this has made the Washington Post. This is a uh, national news now. Cracker Barrel has gone to Impossible Sausage. It's a brand name. It's Meatless Sausage, if if that even if you can even put those two words together, Meatless Sausage sounds sure. funny. Um but it but it's uh it's enraged Cracker Barrel fanatics like cracker yourself. Barrel, I am a Cracker Barrel fanatic. Uh one commenter on Facebook saw the news about the Meatless Sausage at Cracker Barrel and said Cracker Barrel has gone woke. It really is the end of times. Others had a different point of view, according to the Washington Post, and said, thank you, Cracker Barrel. You understand the direction the world is going. So even Cracker Barrel's meatless sausage is creating the political divide in America. Nothing is too trivial or too silly to not get red and blue fighting. Yeah, I don't know like what happens now with Cracker Barrel. Does, do only Democrats go there to eat? <laughs> there was a famous analysis, Rick, that found that 80% of counties with a Cracker Barrel voted for Trump in 2016. 80% of counties with a Whole Foods grocery store voted for Clinton in 2016. Man, this the, the the amount of analysis we can get from different things. And then that you retain this stuff <laughs> yeah. and, and blurt it out later. Um, all right. You're going to join me hopefully on Wednesday again to break down the primary. Breaking down the primary. All right. That's UW Lacrosse political science professor Anthony Strugoski, Ph.D. I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everybody.